0: Hey, good evening and we're back for another episode of the DC Comics News Podcast. It's now episode 56. Um, again it's just a two-person show this week but hey dynamic duos come in pairs and this week joining me is the ever remarkable queen of the purse book, mistress of the comics <laughs> on walls herself Kelly Gaines. How are you Kelly?
1: I'm doing great Steve, how are you?
0: I must not complain, still a Fighting a little bit of a cold, but I didn't get as ill as poor Seth did, bless him. And uh, Seth, we're thinking about you. Brad, we're thinking about you. Miss you both, guys. And this one's dedicated to you and to the Night and Moon, Kelly's
1: Kiddies. Oh, I love them. If you hear them in the background, I apologize. <laughs>
0: oh it could be a lot worse it could be like fire engines and all the other strange things we've had on this show in the past but kiddies i can deal with because i have one of my own who's asleep now but let's talk about a different kind of animal and start off with our movie news um speaking about mr colin farrell aka officially the penguin kelly hits official he's talked about it on jimmy kimmel um what do you think
1: I'm excited. I I like the idea of him playing the penguin. I know it's a different penguin than we're used to, um, but he also seems very aware of the fact that he's kind of defining the role. Although I did see that he said um he's had some time to eat, so I guess he's you know in a they they say they bulk up for superhero movies, but he's kind of bulking up in a different way, I guess. But yeah, I I like the idea. Um, he's a very Sophisticated actor in some of the movies I've seen him in, and then in others not so much. So I am interested to see what direction he takes uh, takes the character in.
0: Absolutely, and he's very versatile too. Like you said, he can be um, mischievous. He can be really sort of like regal and quite um, imposing. And then he can go totally comedy as well. And uh, his portrayal, one of the best things about the much maligned Daredevil movie, his um, bullseye to me was one of the best things of the whole film. So I'm excited. But what got me more excited was in this piece, the way he described the uh, the script as a really beautiful, dark, moving script. What did you make of those comments?
1: That feels like such a relief. I know, um I I've been saying this for months now, but I'm so back and forth on this movie because it just seemed like, what are they doing? How are they going to make this stand out? And then when Robert Pattinson was cast, I was like, okay, so clearly they're going for different, but to hear where the actors endorse the script with those words to say that it's beautiful and dark and, you know, that to me says a lot about the type of movie we're going to get. I don't think it's going to be one of those uh I don't know, just too special effects, action-heavy. I, I don't think we need anything like that right now. So I'm definitely more excited than I was before they cast Colin Farrell.
0: Yeah, I totally get what you're coming on. If we're getting a more, uh, like I said, dark and moving, so it sounds like it's going to be a, a down-to-earth, more person-to-person kind of film. So if it's more, uh. Christopher Nolan trilogy and Batman Batman Returns and far less Batman and Robin then I'm going to be happy that's
1: for sure yes exactly I don't think we need any more Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, (laughs) Mr. Uh, Freeze's I I think we've got our fill of that he
0: he wasn't Mr. Freeze he was Arnie in a cold suit with a cold gun with (laughs) Arnie puns and his puns were please forgive me chilling uh, but let's <laughs> that, move on. To
2: that was a, good.
0: Oh I'm so sorry. I, I just it just came it's, it's my brain, it scares me.
1: Um but <laughs> no, that from exist, the movie.
0: <laughs> from one Batman or Bat related project to another. Obviously last week you guys talked about um Karen Gillen uh, wanting to star in and uh direct. Possibly a Batgirl feature, which was very exciting to me as a Doctor Who fan, and that's where she had her first big break. But she's gone on to huge things, with the Rock, in the Jumanji movies. But um, now DC's Gail Simone, one of the finest Batgirl and Birds of Prey writers, has endorsed Karen Gillan as Batgirl. So, what do you think of this news?
1: So there's multiple facets of excitement for this. I actually I haven't been watching Doctor Who recently, but in high school, I was really interested in um, specifically the season that Karen Gillan was on. She is so uh, just cheerful, but kind of badass. I mean, everything about her is perfect for Batgirl, I think. Um, and Gail Simone is, I would say, if not the writer that really got me interested in, in not just reading comics, but thinking about comics and writing about comics. Um, you know, her whole perspective on on the industry and all that is something i respect so so fundamentally so i think um if anyone could endorse an actor that i already like for a movie that i really want to happen it would be gail simone so yeah just across the board i am excited by this
0: like you say gail simone is someone's name um literally if i see her name on a book i'll pick it up Because like you said, her runs, particularly on Batgirl, Birds of Prey, and and, and any DC-related character, were so brilliant. And her Twitter feed, you probably follow her, is fantastic because the way she engages with fans, the way she talks about the writing process, she's one of those people up there with uh, Brian Hill and a few others, Scott Snyder, who really engages fantastic with the fans. And listen, that endorsement is about as high as you can get Probably her and Ava DuVernay, I would say, are are two of the most influential people whose opinions I I take in great regard.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And her run on Batgirl was my favourite. I know uh, people didn't necessarily like it, but I really enjoyed it. Because I I felt like they ended Mm -hmm. her, I mean, it was the new 52, so that whole thing kind of ended weirdly but they ended it and then started Batgirl of Burnside and I felt like it just didn't get the the attention it should have it I thought it was a great run
0: I completely agree with you completely with you. that New 52 wasn't my favorite DC era um apart from the bat related titles and I include Batgirl in that um they they were great all the bat titles were fantastic and like I said Gail Simone is a writer I respect and when you look at Karen Gillan she could almost be born to play barbara gordon don't you think
1: oh absolutely and not just the hair
0: <laughs> But that's the whole thing and the fact we know she can do physical we know she can do action because of jumanji um we know she can do quirky and funny and um i'm sure she can do smart and uh academic as well which are all the things that make up barbara gordon's bad girl.
1: yeah oh and she was in um what was it guardians of the galaxy too actually yes so So she's she's got comic comic life
0: Mm -hmm. and going from villain turned good to one of DC's greatest heroes is pretty decent transition to follow, i think
1: yeah absolutely
0: and uh, speaking of transitions and heroes stroke villains um made to measure Catwoman and Zoe Kravitz both talking about her training and coming home limping and in pain every day, and <laughs> the inspirations for her Catwoman role. This has got me again excited because she's obviously preparing and she's obviously been looking at, um, particularly Michelle Pfeiffer, in the role in the past. That, that's got to be pretty good news for you as well, right, Kelly?
1: Yes, absolutely. I am. Um, it's interesting to see because so many of the actors that get cast in these roles are, you know, I've been a fan from the beginning. I've, I've always loved comics or I've loved this story. And she's open about the fact that, you know, no, I wasn't really into comics, but I'm fascinated by them. Um, and I think what was especially interesting for me was how in depth she seems to be thinking about the type of power and the type of strength that Catwoman portrays. And, you know, the fact that she's using this femininity that will directly contrast with how masculine Batman seems to be uh yeah I I mean even if she's not a longtime comic fan as long as she's putting that same amount of thought and that same amount of dedication into the character there's no way she can miss
0: oh I so agree with you and that was a yeah brilliant take I love the way she's thinking about this role, and she's not just thinking about this as a two dimensional comic character, as many actors might do. Um, like her quote says, um, I think Batman represents a very masculine power and Catwoman represents a very feminine power, which is slightly more complicated and softer. I like the idea that you can be soft, you can be gentle, but still be very powerful and very dangerous. As a cat owner, you can probably identify. <laughs> with that mistake, I was just thinking,
1: ask any face my cats have knocked over and they'll tell you the same.
0: <laughs> and they are so good at it. Um, yeah, so intriguing, but also that prep, the the training she says that she's coming home limping and in pain so she's probably doing some straight full-on martial arts uh practicing i think by the sounds of it
1: yeah i i hope that's what she's doing that is probably the only training that she shouldn't be doing to get be in that condition but yeah that is that's intense and i think that's something i would love to see a documentary on the training process for some of these superheroes because we have um oh, absolutely. Right, like Robert Pattinson's doing jujitsu. The Rock is becoming—he's—he's he's bouldering at this point, like yep. almost mounted. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a whole <laughs> continent by the time he's done with this. But it's—it's it's really great to see that they take on, you know, the one aspect about superheroes as impossible as they seem is that they are, you know, for the most part, really athletically fit. Wonder Woman trains, Batman trains, and it's stuff that. I could never, ever do. I, not, not with that kind of dedication. So to see the actors take on both the mental and the physical background of the characters is really, really fascinating.
0: Well, especially in the Batman universe, where as they're not super powered, that physical conditioning is the one thing that's probably keeping them all alive. So I think it's probably not just the fighting, though, because knowing Catwoman from the past and um, Michelle Pfeiffer's version springs to mind, it's probably a whole lot of acrobatics, gymnastics and possibly even the whip training, because that stuff where she whips off the mannequins' heads, so I don't know if you know this or not, Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns, that was all real. And they caught that filming on one of the documentaries about the making of the movie. So do you think we're going to see that, that side of the character? That, yes, that was that real. Was
2: crazy.
1: That,
0: wasn't that was actually her her being that dead on accurate with the whip. It's incredible.
1: <laughs> you know, I I had jokingly once tried to throw a lasso and it came right back and hit me in the face. So kudos to her. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm a klutz with a capital K-L-U-T-L and z so i totally (laughs) see where you're coming from i can i'm pretty decent at throwing a teabag into a cup from a fairly safe distance but that's about the extent of my athletic prowess i must be completely honest god that was so english
1: (laughs) no you know what i i like that depiction better that's that's a skill i wish i had i i don't know i used to do sports back when you know when i was in my younger days, my younger days, but then I grew a few extra feet and could not understand how legs worked anymore. And that was the end of it for me. I did not re-put the effort in.
0: <laughs> yes, because you're not a small lady, are you?
1: No, no. <laughs> and it all happened in the same year, like between turning 11 and turning 12, I went from being a little kid to being the size that I am now. And I was like, well, screw this.
0: Hmm, perhaps we shouldn't have Aisha Tyler as Big Bard and we should cast Kelly Gaines instead.
1: (laughs) As long as you don't make me run.
0: (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Well, sticking with the strong females of the DC Universe with our movie news, we have to talk about the now imminent... Uh, birds of prey movie and um this is something again that makes me proud to be british the warner uk team have set up a three-day event um with a roller disco vibe for the premiere and opening of the birds of prey movie now that's so incredibly harley and that's incredibly exciting i wish i could take the time off work and attend this because it sounds incredible what did you make of this wacky far out and it Incredibly British thing that we're putting on for the Birds of Prey movie.
1: Ah, oh, Steve, I'm devastated you're not going. Because my first thought when I saw London was, oh, Steve, like, there's someone who's almost near there. But I this couldn't is... get the time of work.
0: Believe me, I actually asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, you put the effort in. That's what matters. Oh, I, I had to
0: try. I had to try.
1: Yeah. I. This is such a good idea. And. I, I felt, especially at a New York Comic Con this past year, there were some, you know, the, the pop-up art gallery for Harley Quinn, and there were all these cool little pop-up parties and events around the city, and there's a huge chunk of me that thinks we could make comics take over the world in an even more, you know, definite way if there were these kind of events where You know, before a movie comes out, before a book comes out, fans can go somewhere and enjoy something fun that will kind of, you know, a a pop-up roller disco. You can bring your friends and, you know, even if they're not into Birds of Prey, by the end of it, I assume you could get them to actually go see the movie, which is just fantastic marketing. I would love it if this was just a widespread thing where we have pop-up everything everywhere.
0: It's so original. I mean, like... If they did like a little mini con or a cosplay thing, but roller disco uh, with music inspired from the by the film and from the film that, like you said, it's genius marketing. And like you say, also people who may not even be into comic books, who are into having a good time skating, music. What a great way to get them interested in a film that otherwise they may not be. So really, really clever stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. And God, I wish I lived in London right now.
0: <laughs> oh, Sometimes it is okay to be on this side of the pond. I miss a lot of stuff. Oh, actually, what am I talking about? I'm going to miss this too, and it's on my doorstep. But <laughs> hey, uh, UK fans, if you go, please, please, please send us pictures. Let us know how the event turned out. And um, obviously, I'll be seeing a, a lot of you at screenings over the next couple of weeks as well, because it's a film that, yeah. I definitely have to see this one. When's it open in the US, Kelly? Do you know? Same kind of time, probably?
1: I think February 2nd, I believe.
0: Right, or not February so couple th- weeks.
1: February. Oh boy, there's a two in it. I know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the first weekend of February, I think. Same Same here, I think it's probably worldwide. But uh, it's not the only piece of news coming out from Birds of Prey, obviously from the fascinating and really original to the uh, slightly more worrying and uh, very different orly the uh, makeup brand are releasing a birds of prey themed nail colors um is this something you actually do and use do you paint your nails a lot is this something that interests you, or is this one just again completely out of left field for you because this one's <laughs> off.
1: i i think this definitely will go over well for a lot of fans i most of the people i know paint their nails like crazy i much to my mother and boyfriend's dismay, pretty much never paint my nails. And when I do, I paint them black and they chip off over the next two months. So this I, I might go out and get it, and I might just slowly have the colors fade away because I'm never into it enough to actually take off the nail polish. But I it's it's different, but I think it's a really good idea. and it kind of drives home the fact that, this movie's focusing on a, a female group of superheroes, and they're hitting, you know, any type of female fan or not fan can find something from this movie to be interested, in whether it's roller disco, music, nail polish, books, whatever it is, there's something you can go out and get for this movie that'll make you even more interested in it.
0: Absolutely. We'll be coming back to the books in our comic section a little bit later. But like you say, um, nail polish, uh, most of the ladies I know, uh, particularly the the comic book fans, again, it's a, mainly a case of black or very dark grey. Um, that's my tribute to the yep. Lego fan, by the way. Um, nail varnish. But I don't know if you've seen the colours that they're promoting. Um, Mind Over Mayhem, which is a bright pink cream freaking fantabulous which is a pink with blue glitter and emancipate <laughs> this which is a bright yellow cream i mean those sound as crazy as harley herself i mean what you do you really do. those descriptions for a start
1: see i'm just picturing myself sitting at my computer at work with you know students in front of me asking me questions typing with those colors on my nail and i i know Blinding all
0: of the, the sun's coming through your window
1: right like i i will blind children <laughs> and, uh, there, there's a little part of me that's interested in that and there's a little part of me that's like you know what maybe this is this is for a woman who can spend more time at the roller disco
0: <laughs> absolutely hey but maybe it'll make the kids pay more attention like um yeah maybe we shouldn't uh be messing with kelly because she might get harley on us and uh here comes the hammer but hey
1: (laughs) you know what's funny i actually i i have a watchman mug on my desk and there's this internal thing in my head where i'm like all right i will automatically be a thousand times nicer to anyone who recognizes it and points it out and i had the nicest conversation with a student the other day who was like oh you like comics like you know what did you think of dark knight's metal and we had a whole conversation about it and i was like you know what you can get your transcript go ahead hold (laughs) removed
0: nice
1: it's like that that connection
0: you know <laughs> it's funny you should say that because whenever I wear my Batman watch people notice it and talk to me and I do or you must have seen all the crazy gear I got for Christmas I've been wearing my Batman K-Swiss kicks a lot recently and my Batman hoodie and again yeah people stop and talk to you and you realize that someone you might never have expected to be a comic fan actually is
1: yeah yeah that's, I think that's the reaction to me half the time. People are a little bit surprised. I tend to get the, oh, you're into comics more often than I get the, like, oh, cool, what are you reading? But, you know, once, once they get over that hurdle, then it's, it's usually good conversation from there out.
0: Fantastic. And that's what we want, people reading more comics. I, I think we might talk about that every now and then or, or say that phrase on occasion, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I've heard it. I've, I've definitely, I might have it scribbled on the front of a notebook.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, or on a news list, which we look at a <laughs> lot. And uh, well, that's definitely some, something to to talk about, as uh, is everything we do on this show on a weekly basis. And as a fantastic, um, almost major, major segue from movies to TV news, this is really fascinating. Are you all caught up on the crisis on Infinite Earth, Kelly?
1: I am not sadly. So I've been ruining it for myself by looking things
0: up. Oh, it's sometimes this job can be a pain, but obviously you must know about that stunning stellar and not publicized. Even when we spoke to Mark Guggenheim, incredible cameo from the movie flash Ezra Miller to Grant Gustin's TV flash on an episode of Crisis on Infinite Earths. That was a squee moment for me. I jumped (laughs) up and I punched the air. It was incredible. Um, Have you at least seen that clip?
1: I have, I have. And honestly, my first thought is, Mark, you sly dog. We had no idea. (laughs) He said there'd be surprises, and that did not slip.
0: That was a huge one. That was major. Um, Landing Ezra Miller for a 15-second TV cameo in itself, in full costume and in perfect. I mean, I do love his take on the character.
2: His
0: wide-eyed naivety and positivity is just brilliant
1: yeah and i think it shows how dedicated he is to the character as well because how many how many actors would go you know like could you see christian bale doing a 30 second batman cameo
0: nope
1: (laughs) no way
0: (laughs) nope not in a million years but he did it he did it happily and he did it really well i mean shock surprises everything else that that five-part extravaganza was great so please let us know when you do see it kelly because i really want your thoughts on it uh, particularly everything sarah lance gets up to the whole appearance with uh, the new green arrow uh, ollie's daughter um mia and oh, so much good stuff so so much good stuff and the fact that we're getting a whole new world's finest with supergirl and batwoman it just makes me happy
1: yeah. And you know what? I, when I watch it, it'll be similar to when I watched the DC Universe Yule log and just typed a bunch of incoherent messages about, like, hey, are you seeing this? Look at it. It changed. Like, it'll be that times 10 just in the big group message.
0: what, what Listen, the first one minute opener of episode one had me. So I can't <laughs> wait to hear your take when you see all five episodes um, in binge watch mode. It's going to be fantastic. So. Oh, great stuff really really smile creating stuff but uh, something that didn't put a smile on my face is uh, the news that actor Damon Gupton who plays the uh, chief of police in Black Lightning won't be um back in the next season and I'm, I'm not happy about that because he's actually one of my favorite characters in the whole show and his whole Almost anti Commissioner Gordon relationship with Black Lightning was was one of the staples of the series. What did you make of this news?
1: It's I I mean he seemed to be at peace with it from the way he announced it, but there there's a little part of me that's like that that sucks. That's very I don't know. I would I would feel a little harshly about going through you know a whole journey with the show and then it's just oh, by the way, you're done. There's, like, this is your last season. And I've seen, I haven't seen all of Black Lightning, but oddly enough, my dad watches it. He's a huge fan. And he, I mean, my dad is not a comic book person. And he, the last time I was home was like, have you seen this show? He was so excited. So I, I think I, I'm going to have to wait, get my dad's opinion, really. But yeah, that's, that's just a, a tough way to have to leave, I guess. But I mean, and and was he written out at the end of the last season or are they just not continuing him?
0: It's not very clear because he just says there are no plans for the character in the next season, which, like you said, it, it's kind of really sad. And like your dad, um, Black Lightning is, <laughs> is one of my absolute all time favorites. I grew up um, and I loved the original one on Batman and the Outsiders, the Outsiders by Mark Bar- Mike Barr and Jim Aparo and, uh, one of the highlights of my entire writing career was being followed and getting into conversations with Tony Isabella who created black lightning. So, um, yeah, I'm going to miss this character. I thought he was brilliant. The whole much more, he actually gave more advice and, uh, coaching and counseling to black lightning uh than the opposite which is the, the case with, with batman and jim gordon where literally batman's calling the shots and i just found that whole relationship great and he's a terrific actor and I'm, i think he's going to be missed on the show but hopefully not forever sometimes people leave and people come back so
1: hmm. yeah that would be my hope
0: definitely yeah. it's it's uh it's a weird one and the fact that there's no plans Hopefully, because um, I haven't caught up with Black Lightning, I can't lie. Hopefully, he hasn't been killed off. Hopefully, there's a way for him to return to the show because someone that good, I think, needs to needs to be able to come back.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and
0: speaking of coming back, uh, series finale pictures for Arrow have revealed some real surprise returning cast members. Um, not all goodies. And what did you make of that piece of news?
1: that i see for again for someone who is not all caught up with arrow it's heartwarming in a in a strange way because I, I saw enough to have a feel for the characters and i've known you know just from you guys and seeing bits and pieces that this is the end for oliver queen um and any series finale that has a funeral scene is going to tug at the heartstrings so i'm i think that i need to binge up to this point because it's I mean, yeah, I I love the idea of characters coming back, even if we're losing, you know, kind of the staple of the series, if that makes sense.
0: Just fascinated about how some of them can be back. And it's got to be in relation to this new version of the Earth. And I don't know if you've been um, watching other shows where uh, multiple versions of one character have been showing up and, to see uh, Emiko alive and appearing really surprised me because, well, not more than the surprise that they actually killed her off in the first place because, again, in Teen Titans' current continuity in the comics, she's a big deal. But I'm just really glad to see Emiko Queen back and maybe she'll be a red arrow and a heroic one now. So who knows?
1: Yeah, that's, we, we can only hope, but that that is the boat that I would be in.
0: Yeah. And it's a double episode. It's a two hour finale. And it's going to be the end of an era. Uh, Has to be done. Has to be watched that one, I think.
1: You you know, it's going to whenever there's a two part series finale, I feel like they make you cry by the end of the first part and then kind of make you feel better by the end of the second one. That's just in my experience. There are always tears in a two part finale.
0: You called it, you pulled the words right out of my tiny little mind, Um, (laughs) as opposed to, see, things with Arrow, you never know, they might do the opposite, have a blockbuster action-packed first half, and then kick you in the fields for the last half. Um, I'm hoping you're right, and they go the (laughs) other way around, because I don't know if I could... (laughs) <laughs> oh, can you imagine? If the, to end it up on a on a, on a a downer like that would be quite painful. So uh, listen, Arrow guys, Mr. Guggenheim, if you still listen to the show after our lovely interview where you didn't give anything away, you clever, clever man. Please go easy on us. Don't uh, destroy and rip out our hearts <laughs> right at the last minute, please. I
1: thought we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were friends
0: and on that note dear friends dear listeners we're going to take a little break um, so you can catch up on our sponsors and all the other amazing shows that appear on the DC Comics News podcast network so yep yeah, we're going to take a quick break but Kelly and I will be waiting uh, right here for you when you return we'll be back
2: soon this is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News here to tell you about the Spinner Rack Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up join me each and every week as i sift through the best from dc comics and pick my top five books can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the dc comics news podcast first there was the dc comics
0: news podcast then came the spitter rack and now the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. And we're back in the Batcave. It's Kelly. And Hello, it's- Luke. Hello. Right, so we've talked about movies. We've talked about TV and streaming and all the good stuff that goes with it. But now we've got a bumper, bumper edition of comic book news to talk about this week. First and foremost, on the uh, movie side of things, A classic huntress tale is being repackaged with character covers from the Birds of Prey movie, and they look great. Kelly, you brought this story to our attention. Thank you so much for doing so. You've got to be excited by this, right?
1: Oh, I loved it. And I, oddly enough, when I was on my anniversary adventures, this was what I ended up buying for myself that day, (laughs) and read it in the same night. And I've actually never read. cry for blood before. So flipping through actually getting to the end, it is just I think it's the most I I wouldn't say heartwarming cuz it's not heartwarming, but it's the version of Huntress's origin that I like the best. It really has this kind of bizarre moral center that she's a good person, she's going to do something bad, but she's a good person. And I adore the question just that and, and also speaking of training, her training sequence and that is, again, never in my Ooh, life could I jump out to. Whatever it takes to be Huntress, I cannot do. But, I mean, the cover is stunning immediately. The fact that they used um, uh, the actual movie actresses for, you know, these covers coming out. It, it looks great. It's probably my favorite cover on my shelf right now. It's just very, you know, kind of sinister, but colorful if that makes sense I don't know well, if that makes sense no, you
0: know it's per- pretty <laughs> perfectly I mean I'm quite actually a little bit jealous that you've got to read that story in its entirety in one hit because I bought this back when it was a six issue mini series, and literally the month-long wait between issues was hard and oh, the fact no. that I can now yeah, – it was, it was torture. The fact that I can now pick it up and I am going to be getting this trade paperback, I just can't decide which cover I'm going to go for. Probably the Huntress one, if I'm honest, uh, because it's yeah. its a Huntress story. But uh, it's a great it, – like you said, it's one of my favourite ever Huntress stories. Um, her relationship with uh, Dick Grayson is, is one of my absolute favourites in the comics. And uh, I just think, again – the DC publicity team, their marketing for this movie in particular has to be some of the strongest I've seen them ever do, right?
1: Absolutely. They're they're completely thinking out of the box for this one. And I think, actually, it's funny you mentioned the Dick Grayson, uh, you know, their, their relationship line. Because when I was reading it and, again, read, read the whole thing in one night, and wow. I remember yelling out of my room uh, down to my boyfriend like, Nightwing and Huntress too because a couple of weeks ago he saw, you know, that clip of Nightwing and Harley Quinn and he was like, so wait, Starfire, Harley Quinn, Huntress, like he he really gets around. So <laughs> what,
0: what did I say in the last episode we recorded together? Yeah, uh- who hasn't Who hasn't had a relationship with Dick Grayson <laughs> at some point or another in the comics? Seriously, the man is absolutely unstoppable. He's uh, <laughs> he's the Snoop Doggy dog of the DC Universe without a shadow <laughs> of a doubt.
1: I, I and I honestly didn't know about him and Huntress until that, so I was like, wait, wait a second. I I, I just always put her in the question together in my mind, but. You know, good good for him. He's he's really, you know, playing the playboy hand, which he must have learned.
0: (laughs) You're so right. And if you like that, then I'm gonna do a Seth and a Brad on you, and I'm gonna say to you, pick up Tim Seeley and Tom King's Run on Grayson, where Mm -hmm. Dick and uh, Helena are agents of Spiral, and uh, that's a winner. And if Just to throw a little bit more of of the chum in the water so the sharks can swim around and and take bites at your brain to get you intrigued. Currently, Dan Juergens um, is writing Nightwing, but he's also writing Batman Beyond, which is set in an indeterminate few years into the future. Now, in this future, Dick Grayson is a grown man. He's a silver fox with a beard. He's mayor of Bloodhaven, and he has a daughter called Erlena. And we don't know who her mother is uh, yet. Uh,
1: oh, but boy. <laughs> that
0: right there. So if you want new stuff to read, Tom King and Tim Seeley's run on Grayson. And, of course, anything by Dan Jogins, particularly his stellar Batman Beyond. And that little uh, hint of information I've just destroyed your brain with. You're welcome.
1: I, I need to re- Yeah. That I I might have to do a whole article on just the love life of of Dick Grayson.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a damn long article, I tell you that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> might need to do a PowerPoint actually.
0: You no, know, he was married to Starfire at some point in the uh, yes. post-Crisis continuity.
1: I remember seeing it was some YouTube video back when I was first really getting getting into comics and it was like the the worst things that Robins ever done and he he cheated on starfire right with that girl yep aim that is just rude
0: the worst thing is um the it was the cleverest piece of writing ever because um in the f- minds of most comic book fans who know dick grayson it's dick and babs forever and they are the ultimate DC couple outside of Bruce and Selena, Clark and Lois. And they keep making up and breaking up. They're like the Ross and Rachel of the comic book world. And (laughs) the fact that it was Babs that he cheated with when he was with Starfire almost made it forgivable because a lot of people didn't think he should have been with Starfire in the first place. But hey, in my mind, cheating is wrong, whichever way you look at it. Break up with Starfire, (laughs) get back with Babs, do it the right way, Mr. Grayson. Naughty, naughty, naughty sidekick.
1: You know, I think we, we might have to do an entire Valentine's Day special on, on all of these juicy couple tidbits because it Genius. sounds crazy, but it's like my favorite type of gossip for comic
0: books. Genius! Joshua, it's, it's, if you're listening, we <laughs> need to do this, a Valentine's special on the DC comic book relationships. You heard it here first. Kelly, kudos, gold star. I love that plan.
1: I am 1,000% in. I will call out of work. Nobody sign who works me needs to listen to this.
0: <laughs> sign me up. I'm, I'm on right, right away. Definitely. Yes. Speaking of signing up, DC Universe, um, that subscription service that some people can sign up to and other people who live in different countries can't, <sighs> have announced their list of what's new coming February, what to read, what to watch, and what a list it is as a dc universe subscriber this has got to have you excited right
1: oh i love it i'm i have to say in all seriousness dc universe is my favorite app and it it sucks because i can only get it on two of in two of the rooms in my house so in the main living room it just doesn't work on that tv but the the amount of just fun DC stuff that I've been finding through this app especially with the books because they have a great library and it actually as much as I like to hold a physical book being able to see everything on the screen and kind of this huge image it's it's fantastic um personally I've been loving the Harley Quinn show so all of any new episode coming out I am all for it it was um it it was weird in the beginning I remember the first episode watching it being like huh they are cursing a lot. And then uh, it a lot, stops not not a lot. <laughs> It's every other word. But it's, it, they, hit, they hit their stride, I think. And um, the last episode I saw, I believe, was the Queen of Fables episode, which, Steve, if and when you can see this, it's just it's hilarious and gory and violent. But it's just so funny. It's, it's funny enough to make it innocent. Um, And then also going down the list, actually, uh, what is it? I think Justice League Dark and Judas Contract are going up, which they were on Hulu up until I think they're still on Hulu right now. So I've watched them a couple of times, but I like that they're going to be in one place for sure.
0: One of the joys and privileges of writing for DC Comics News and Dark Knight News is the fact that uh, Warner Brothers TV does actually give us access to these shows so we can review them. So I've actually seen all of Harley Quinn. And yes, the Fairy Godmother episode is an absolute winner. Who knew that Harl's had that kind of relationship with that kind of character? So absolutely one of my favorites and the whole uh, Legion of Doom thing. But hey, to people who haven't seen it yet. If you want to see something that's as unlike any comic book cartoon show you've ever seen in your entire life, Harley Quinn is the show for you. And like you said, Kelly, this list is stunning, the stuff they're bringing. From Saturday, Saturday, February 1st, we're going to get the Batman and Harley Quinn movie, Justice League Dark, Judas Contract. Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, animated movie. Uh, Harley Quinn episodes, Harley Quinn Highway, Devil's Snare, and The Final Joke, um, with is some of the best episodes from the season. But comic book-wise, this is a list that is just unbelievable. Doom Patrol, Detective Comics, House of Mystery, House of Secrets, Superman, World's Finest, Mysteries in Love and Space, Action Comics, Batgirl, and Beyond, Detective, oh, unbelievable list of comics to read and that's I think the thing I, I'll miss most because like I said, I can watch the shows I've seen Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, Titans, um, Harley but these comic books seeing them on TV on a big screen and being able to move from panel to panel I am so jealous.
1: I and you know what like you were saying it is a Stunning list, although there was one that internally I was like, oh, because Wonder Twins, um, which I, I saw at the, the Wonder Comics panel at New York Comic Con, they were talking about. So I saw the first trade came out this past, or it maybe didn't even come out this past week, but I picked it up this past week. And then I saw Wonder Twins number one on there, and I'm like, well, darn it. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> bought this. <it. laughs>
0: it's just issue one that's on this on the service you've got the whole book and that's that, yep, book, yeah. is yeah. that book
1: is so, <laughs> that's the conservation in the-
0: <laughs> so yeah uh, no sorry not gonna have any sympathy for you because you've got all this stuff so <laughs> no 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 nope still definitely like jealous know,
1: i think this might be a great tool for groups of friends couples who want to read comics together because my, my boyfriend and i uh follow attack on titan and we've gotten through the whole show and we want to start reading the books but can i tell you how frustrating it is to try to share a comic book with, <laughs> with one person and it, like go back i wasn't done reading that or you know it's so on the tv it works amazingly it, it's the perfect way to communally that's read a comic
0: that's really cool um back in the day um so there's a few things my wife and i have read together and that's alan moore swamp thing and neil game and sandman and that's only because I was so obsessed with both series that I had the original issues, which, of course, I would read because I didn't want to get let anybody else's fingers <laughs> off. And my wife would read the trades next to me. Um, so having it on TV on a big 40-inch screen in color, oh, that's brilliant. I love that.
1: It's They, oh. they need to give you guys this app ASAP. And that hey. rhymed, and I didn't want it to. <laughs>
0: I hate I hate to use really foul evil swearing curse words on this show, but um, (laughs) Disney um, launched their service all over Europe and the UK. So um, DC, what are you doing? Uh, (laughs) We need the stuff. Absolutely, you're
1: depriving couples of much needed togetherness.
0: (laughs) There you go. So you're destroying relationships and not even realizing it by not letting us read these comics together. They're
1: nightwinging us. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. It's not on. Not on at all. But one thing we do get in the UK at the same time as everybody else, and I don't know how they manage it, on a Wednesday morning, we get brand new comic books in our comic book stores. And DC, I don't know if you've noticed recently, Kelly, we've been getting a whole slew of brilliant first looks, previews, and uh, press releases from DC recently. And one of the first is a look at um, Robert Venditti's second issue of Justice League, and they're kicking off with a hell of a story, The Return of the Eradicator, with a bunch of juiced up Thaksamites, helping on killing Superman and some of the images and some of the stuff from this story has me intrigued. I mean, I thought, Oh, Scott Snyder and James Tynan are leaving Justice League. What's going to happen? Then I heard the name Robert Venditti and the amazing stuff he's done with uh, freedom fighters. And of course his brilliant Hawkman. I am still invested in Justice League. What did you make of the stuff you saw? Oh
1: God that, well, I mean, for one, the Eradicator—that name should have said that this is going to be just a pretty-looking scene. But I—I I, I will say I feel like I've seen a lot of Justice League covers. You know, something terrible is going to happen when the bad guy has Superman in some kind of a hold, and everybody else <laughs> is knocked out around them. <laughs> It's—I mean, you can tell it's gonna—he's—he's he's there to to kick some butts and. I I mean, it looks epic. It looks like exactly the type of just classic Justice League, everybody against, you know, the greatest threat to the world since last week. But in the best way, I am so excited. (laughs)
0: Like you said, yeah, that cover, he's got Superman by the throat. He's got Batman by the throat. You've got Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman on the floor, and then an army of Daxamites in Eradicator uniforms coming down from the sky behind them. And the dust clouds and the Armageddon and chaos, it looks brilliant. And the pages from the book itself, every bit as awesome. And just to see all these guys fighting against an army of... Well, Daxamites literally are every bit as as powerful as Kryptonians. And when you've got an army of them,
1: damn,
0: is all I can say.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They better break out some where where is Lex Luthor and where are where is everything he ever made? Because it just help at that point. Yeah. Yep. He knows how to beat Superman, so let's let's get to it.
0: So whew, the Justice League's future looks oh, actually I can't really say bright. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the future of the title <laughs> looks bright, but the future of the league themselves is deeply in question with uh the eradicator back on the scene and uh um yeah i'll definitely miss uh, scott snyder and james tynan's voices on this but robert venditti uh i salute you with this storyline and the, your choices of artists as well is is stellar but uh james tynan hasn't gone far he's actually writing the main batman title now and this has got me super excited because i uh do subscribe to his fan newsletter so i knew about this and uh had to share it with the Dark Knight News team. So we published a story last week on James Hyland's brand new character, Punchline, who will be introduced in the next big Joker storyline. And she looks and sounds like a serious piece of work. H- have you seen this, Kelly? W- what did you make of this story?
1: That girl looks terrifying. She looks right. I, you- Mm, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh in a good way like she looks great but i personally never want to meet her and is this going to be the joker's new girlfriend because it, i mean harley quinn at least you know she's she's could kill you but she looks lovable and fun this girl just looks like she crawled out of a well that she was murdered in
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know her story is she girlfriend oh. is she partner is she long lost sibling I don't know because there is a slight bit of clown makeup on the face but um yeah that description from James Tynan's newsletter who the heck is this punchline and why does she want to stab everyone
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was the line that got me that oof, not even she like stab everyone and she looks like she wants to stab everyone fantastic art direction there
0: And the costume design by Jorge Jimenez um, where you've got the standard figure there just holding the dagger and then you've got a slightly smaller image of the exact same picture, but with a bloodied fist and a blood dripping dagger Um, is just like, damn, did she just move in a blink of an eye, kill someone and return back to the exact same spot. (laughs) This this lady looks terrifying and uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Fascinating. And yeah. what's with the tic-tac-toe motif the zero and the x on her boots what is that because again i find that a little bit creepy and scary
1: it's there has to be some sort of a hit list involved although i will mm. say and i don't know what made me make this connection but there's something in the dagger and her expression and just the way she looks that reminded me of lady Macbeth for some reason There's just, there's something very crazy there. (laughs) Out,
0: damn spot. Yes, absolutely. that's
1: what I'm seeing when I look at her.
0: That's deep. That's deep, and that's literary genius, Miss Gaines. I do like where your mind is going, but yeah, she's like as far away from Harley as you can get, isn't she?
1: Yes. Yeah, Harley was fun, and this is not fun. (laughs) This does not look fun. There will be no roller derbies for her.
0: Uh, A comedy mallet is as far away from a stiletto dagger as you can get really, isn't it? (laughs) Um, One's blunt instrument and one is pure murder. And the the alternate cover with Batman, and he seems to be walking on a chessboard, surrounded by Deathstroke, Penguin, Harley, Riddler, and Punchline. Again, um, Mr. Tynan's Joined the book, and uh, he had big shoes to fill um, taking over from Tom King. But as one of my favorite writers, this is the man behind uh, my favorite book at the moment, Justice League Dark. So exciting times ahead, do you think?
1: Oh, I hope so. And I, I'm i still, I'm not caught up with Justice League Dark, but I'm up to, uh, in the trades, the second, second volume. I don't even think it's, it doesn't have a two on it. So I don't think it's the second volume, but it comes after volume one. Either way, I am yeah. enjoying the heck out of it.
0: Oh, it's great stuff. I've just read next week's um, issue and what a way to end an arc. And again, what what this guy is brilliant at is ending one arc, but already leaving the seed sown for the next one. So, um, yeah, issue 19 is out next week. People who don't read Justice League Dark, people who don't read Robert Venditti's work, Hawkman and uh, Freedom Fighters. You need to because this is the guy who's now taking over Justice League so um, and James Tynion's now on the main Batman title, so these guys who are writing the periphery comic book stories, keep an eye on them because one day they could be writing the big ones. So there
1: you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Also, it's on. a great way to find out the 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 punchline of um what what was it? A monkey walks into a bar, and it's just the saddest story ever. <laughs> <Yes. Absolutely. laughs>
0: and what a sad story! Woof. If you're only on the second trade. You've got so much cool stuff to come, Kelly. I, again, I'm a little bit envious that you can read them all in one hit and not read the damn things monthly.
2: <gasps> it's
0: torture.
2: You know, but honestly, one thing...
1: first it was losing my favorite comic book store. Now I, I've been having to wait for the trades, and I'm always um, behind. But then once I get it, I'm like, guys, this is what you meant. Like, yeah. Yes,
0: indeed. Well, listen, there's a fantastic company called Comic Biz, B-I-Z. Um, get in touch with them believe it or not they're in the UK but they can get your comic books delivered to you on day of release Wednesday even in the US they're fantastic Mm -hmm. so give them a try Um, you will not be sorry
2: you're gonna have
1: to pay rent to my landlord because that's that's gonna be a thing
0: (laughs) they're good people good people and good friends but uh, shameless plugs aside one book I did pick up this week and we have to talk about it because we mentioned on a couple of weeks ago the release and the 80th anniversary of so many characters this year but obviously top of the list was the premier lady of comics the woman who started it all wonder woman who's getting a second movie this year and has just received a 750th issue with eight glorious covers um, each one a decade in in her life and the reveal at the end that she's DC's a first hero in chronological order, but we didn't get that bit right. It's not Hippolyta. It's actually Diana. That just blew my mind. What did you make of that whole thing and those gorgeous, gorgeous decades covers?
1: Yeah, I, there's a part of me that was happy. It wasn't Hippolyta. I don't know why. And I love Hippolyta, but I I, I was glad that it was Diana just in, in my head her leaving the island and you know she has the armor and the lasso and you can never come back and that that whole kind of conflict between her wanting to go and needing to go and her mother wanting to hold her back is like it's one of my favorite parts of the Wonder Woman mythology. Um, as far as the covers go they are absolutely stunning. I really liked the one um, I forget which decade it was for it might be the 40s decade but where she's kind of doing the the lasso twirl that that is just gorgeous. I mean that's going to end up on my wall that's at some point. That's my
0: favorite and that's the one I bought the 1940s cover the yep. blue one where she's on the horse twirling the lasso. Yep. That's the copy I got.
1: That is so pretty. It is just it, and actually it looks a lot like a cover I do have on my wall of um one of her rebirth books where she's doing that same sort of like almost ballet looking lasso twirl. Yeah. Thing, but it's absolutely stunning and you know what's funny I, I don't remember who posted it or where but a couple weeks ago um, someone released it was just the 1960s cover and it's, you know everyone knows the whole controversy in the 60s where she lost oh, her costume she lost uh, you know so it's, it was a period people didn't love but I saw someone post it and they were mad because they thought that was the cover the only cover they were using and I remember being like, there's no way that's it. And now looking at all of them together, I'm like, well, see, you just didn't know the whole story. It's it's all of them.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I've got a little tale to tell you, which um, upset me greatly. And I think it's going to have the same effect on you. Because I walked into the comic book store by my workplace to, to pick this book up. And they literally had the 40s cover, the 80s cover, and I think it was the uh, – the 70s cover, and they had one copy of each. And I said, um, wow, have you sold out of Wonder Woman already? He goes, no, nah, we only ordered those three because, you know, it's Wonder Woman. I said, excuse me? He goes, yeah, whoa. I mean, just because she was the first doesn't make her the best. I mean, Marvel's female characters Uh-oh. are so much better. <laughs> I said, whoa, Nelly!" I said, say what? He uh, yeah, know. yeah, the girls of the X-Men are way better than Wonder Woman. I said, okay, mm, so which one of those has an ongoing title? And he looked up at me blankly. Maybe one of the um, X-Men characters who's got their own ongoing title. Oh, um, they've had a few miniseries. Yes, they've had a few miniseries. Now, tell me, which one of those miniseries lasted more than 12 issues? Again, a blank look. I said, okay, so um, did any of them have stories printed about them every year, constantly for 80 years? No? Hmm. I wonder who has. Let me think. (laughs) Wonder Woman. And do you know what? that made me so
1: mad I I'm I'm angry right now <laughs> I see you're the person who have handled that conversation because I would have when I'm angry I either just say absolutely nothing and go about my business and then like you know turn it into an anecdote later to talk to my friends about or I just just start blabbering nothing and it, I wouldn't be the person that's Say to you know, Wonder Woman's not that interesting of a character because I personally wear a metal bracelet like hers almost on a regular basis. So it's, I mean, I'd be mad. mad.
0: This is a dude who runs a comic book store. He's doing himself a disservice by not having this book. He's insulting fans of Wonder Woman. He's insulting actually fans of female characters nonstop because I'm a huge Kitty Pride fan, but I think honestly, She's about the only X-Men character um, who, who has got a personality, who has been consistently well-written. But she's never had her own title apart from the odd miniseries. And Wonder Woman, like I said, from 1940, has been gracing comic book shelves and spinner racks constantly for 80 years straight. Um, and the day <laughs> Exactly. It's not just that. Let's think about Batgirl who was introduced in the 60s. She hasn't um, been absent from comic book shelves or comic book stories either f- since the 60s. Um, there's Batwoman now, Supergirl, since she appeared in the 50s, constant presence, even after her death of the Crisis of Infinite Earth. It wasn't long before John Byrne introduced a new version in, in his books. You go around the world, people know who Wonder Woman is. People know who Batgirl is. People know who Supergirl is. Ask anyone who isn't a comics book fan to name a single Marvel character, even after the Captain Marvel movie. And I bet you none of them will be able to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This, and you know how heated I get about the, the Marvel versus DC. Everyone thinks Marvel's better thing. I get so angry because so I'm like, but look at DC's characters and the books and the history. There is so no, much there.
0: And yeah. so and I love Marvel. I love Marvel. Don't get me wrong. I love everything to do with comic books. But when it comes to female characters, that's something Marvel is sorely lacking and sorely behind him. Sorely. Yeah. Not even a little no. bit, but badly. So I had to share that with you. Um, how someone can order one copy of three um, Wonder Woman 750s is alien to me. I do not understand it. But rather than be a uh, horrible human being about it i just had to educate him yeah that was that's quite you're,
1: you're you're better at that than me because i i feel like i just turn red and and go away that, <laughs> i'm not good at being angry i don't articulate until later on
0: well i think my approach was better because he he was wordless he didn't have a, a thing he could say back in retort
1: yeah because honestly that's, that's, that's right. the best way to argue if you actually Uh-oh. have something to back it up
0: well, you can't argue with the facts, ma'am. You cannot argue with the facts.
1: Yeah.
0: And from Princess Diana of mascara, the other uh, super character receiving a 750th episode with, again, another slew of stunning characters. It's Seth's favourite, the fastest man alive, the Flash, and throughout his various incarnations, from Jay Garrick to Barry Allen, uh, Wally West, Those covers are just beautiful as well. I cannot wait to read this book again, just like I did with Wonder Woman. I'm going to be out there to buy Flash 750 in March when it comes out. What did you make of of this this story, Kelly?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think my favorite out of out of these covers, again, all gorgeous, but the uh, the Nick Darrington one. What what was that? The 60s, I think. Um, Yes. That. I love that. Beautiful.
0: He's, he's one of those artists who, at first glance, is quite cartoony and quite simple. But when you look at his eyes, the expression of his faces, the happy smiles compared to the menacing evil smiles, that handshake between Barry and Jay, that cover is stunning. I don't know if you saw his recent um, six-issue miniseries of Brian Bendis, Batman Universe, where no. it's literally oh god it's great it's literally just two dudes brian bendison and nick derrington giving us their favorite things about the dc universe however ridiculous it might be from Guerrilla city to ran to hawk people and batman walking around a western town in broad daylight looking like a <laughs> standing out like a sore thumb and it's just one of the best mini series I've ever read because it literally just gives you everything about the DC universe from Greed Lantern cause to everything and having Batman totally out of his element and it's awesome honestly Batman. when they do the trade paperback do yourself a favor because it's got Nick Derrington art all six chapters and you can just see Brian Bendis I know that I've not been a fan of his Superman work but this Batman story honestly it's one of the most fun things I've read in years and That's-
1: what's meant?
0: because yeah yeah. It, yeah when you see batman in ridiculous costumes but in a modern setting when you see batman stepping out of the batmobile and walking across the street in broad daylight and people heckling him it's <laughs> just <laughs> fantastic so yeah darryton <laughs> i say he's my favorite cover of the flash covers too without a shadow yeah. of a doubt though so, gary frank's one uh with the flash circling grod's also actually they're all brilliant who am i kidding they're brilliant but the nick derrington one is my favorite too absolutely yeah so so good is this one you'd be interested in picking up yourself
1: oh definitely this is i every once in a while i make the trip into center city to actually go to one of the existing comic book stores and this is one that i'm getting in my next trip for sure
0: absolutely it's it's a must buy and what a year for must buys i mean obviously uh 2018 gave us action comics 1000 uh last year 2019 gave us detective comics 1000 but this year we've got flash 750 wonder woman 750 and as if that wasn't enough the 80th anniversaries of three other characters the first of which is the clown prince of crime the joker obviously he's had his debut in batman number one in 1940 he's getting his own 100 page special as well and the list of talent that's making this comic book wow 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 wow's up what do you think of this one
1: that's my my first thought was uh it had to be the crowbar (laughs) That, that one image, and it's it's so yes. iconic of him, but you see that crowbar, and it just hurts your soul a little bit. Not, a, not as bad well, as it, you know, as it hurt I, Jason Todd, but
2: oh, bad yes. enough.
1: But God, yeah, it, it looks fantastic, and I love, it. you would think the 80th anniversary part would be redundant by now, but every time I see a new character next to 80th anniversary, I'm like, yes, yes! Like, all
0: of them amazing. You forget, 1940. What a year. I mean, come on. We're talking Wonder Woman, uh, Jay Garrick, Joker, Catwoman, and obviously we'll we'll, we'll save the the, the best to last. Um, But uh, what, what hurts me with this preview is obviously we know who's doing these covers. And the names they're dropping, but we can't see any of them yet, which is just torture and even more uh ways of making us salivate and pine for this book, right?
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, damn! I can't wait. I mean, the the Bilson Kevich cover is one I, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, obviously, Jim Lee, Arthur Adams. I'd love to see his take on the Joker, because again, um. Not someone who's done a lot of work for DC, but one of my all time favorite artists because again, his quirkiness and deceptively simple, but when you look at it, really intricate art style.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I mean, I think this is the, it's funny how things line up, but with the Joker being as big as he is in pop culture right now, that this book will come out, I'm going to not literally, but figuratively beat people that i know that aren't comic fans in the face with it to be like you liked the movie just read this look at how cool this is
0: kelly they should clone you and put you in every town in the u.s doing that with comic books saying buy this dan you buy it read it now if not i'll just put it on my wall and you'll never be able to read it again
1: (laughs) send me out like uh like the army against the justice league
0: (laughs) DC ambassador
1: falling from the sky with this book
0: (laughs) like I say Joker is very in vogue now more than he's ever been since arguably since the first batman movie of 1989 joker is big news and with the film doing so well um this is a great time to get people who saw the film and loved it reading comic books and anyone anytime we get more people reading comics is a win-win
1: yes absolutely
0: and uh with matt reeves batman already filming in london and in scotland Uh, The news of the next uh, 100-page 80th anniversary special, Miss Selina Kyle herself, Catwoman, again, excited, isn't even close to cutting it. I can't wait for this one. What about you?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I'm very excited to see all of the different takes we get on her, Um, you know, because I think there's a part of everyone who's familiar with selena kyle as just the chick in the batman movies who might not really see how versatile she is and how how much you can do with a character like selena kyle it's not it doesn't always have to be you know black jumpsuit and slinking from building to building in the dark i'm sure there's going to be some really interesting kind of quirky takes on her so i'm very excited
0: well, the Catwoman I grew up with um, wore a long purple dress. So, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the slinky, yeah, the whole slinky cat suit things new, as far as I'm concerned, that that only came about when I was like uh, 18, 19, and then uh, the whole Batman Year One, Catwoman Year One thing. The Catwoman I knew was femme fatale in every sense of the word, and the fact that uh, modern-day writers like uh, Tom King have managed to integrate those classic golden age silver age stories into modern continuity in really really clever ways this makes me happy and again we haven't seen any of the covers except joel jones present day one and some of the names linked to drawing these decades variants oh i I, i've been roped in this is one like detective where i might just have to try and pick up all eight decades because Yep. This is a character <laughs> I adore, who's close to my heart, and oh wow! Listen, I I've just tempted beyond belief, and my wife may kill me, and I may need the lottery win desperately because oh man, oh man.
1: Okay, you know what, Steve? This this brings up a an interesting question. How did she get around in that dress? Because I, as someone who has <laughs> worn a long dress and tried to do things. <laughs> I can't jump from a building in athletic clothes, much less. I make myself sound terrible, I, I know, but like, how in the world was she moving in that?
0: But Forget yeah, the dress. What about the heels she wears with the dress?
1: <laughs> that is everything. I, I do love that costume. I know exactly which one you're talking about, but it is just functionally nonsensical. The, her hair looks like it'd be in her face. Doesn't she have a cape for some of it? And yep. a dress? Uh, that's yep. a lot of fabric going on. You can't be quiet with that much fabric. That's
0: when the whip had to come in because there's no way she she could throw a punch or land a kick with those shoes and that dress. Literally, <laughs> that's when it <the>, had <laughs> to be like, the whip.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you have to be kind of agile and movable to even do the whip thing. I mean, it. I how do you not get it stuck on the bottom of your dress when it hits the ground? Like that. I I would love to know logistically how that works.
0: Hey, you're so right. When I get back from work on a Friday evening and I see some of the young ladies walking the streets and they're going to a party or to a nightclub wherever, and they can't, honestly, half of them can't even walk in heels. <laughs> so to think of Selena wearing that dress and those heels. But listen, um, some people can do it. I've seen some dancers on stage doing incredible things in dresses and heels. Selena, I salute you because, um, yeah. Don't know how you do it, impressed
1: legs of steel, calves of steel. I have to yep.
0: assume <laughs> without a shadow. Uh, and if you get a kick with those stilettos, you're gonna lose an eyeball. Yep, <laughs> so of course, we have to end the uh, 80th celebration, 80th anniversary celebrations, I should say, if I can uh, get my tongue working properly, with <laughs> the first. The original, the greatest psychic of all, and the one who's had more incarnations, every one of them different, every one of them awesome in their own way. Of course, I have to be talking about the boy wonder, the teen wonder, Robin, 80 years old this year. Um, this one again, oh, DC, what the hell are you doing to me? We've been given seven of the eight decade variant covers and the standard cover by Lee Weeks too. I can't, I just, Oh, please Kelly, save me because I'm drooling right now.
1: The amount of broke comic book fans <laughs> that are going to come Bye. out of the this year, they can probably do like an economic study on what happens to comic book fans by the end of this year. But I, I mean, wow, it is. And, and an 80 year old Robin, it, almost doesn't like have you ever seen i can't even remember what show it is but there there's parodies of batman and robin where it's a little old man is still in the the classic robin <laughs> uniform <laughs> that's what i'm picturing like a an old man running around with the not not even tights he initially didn't have tights it was like a a, a little green like bikini bottom i don't yeah, know what it's you hot. call that
2: yeah <laughs>
0: The, the Speedos.
1: That, <laughs> no. I think we can all be thankful that it is not um, not an 80 year old man running around in that. But in any case, I am so excited and and proud. It makes me really proud to see like look, 80 years. Everyone who says this is stupid or BC doesn't have it. 80 years. That's that's a lot of years.
0: <laughs> and again, there's been a version of Robin. Appearing in either a Batman, or a detective in his own book, or in Teen Titans or something, consistently for each and every one of those years. I mean, that's mind blowing. It's staggering.
1: It is, and they go on to have some of the most interesting post-being the sidekick lives. I think you see in comics. Even if you just look at um Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, like they've become yeah. such a an outset, and it stands for how important the character is that both of them were able to not only exist as robin but then have a life outside of robin that's gone on for the rest of you know the rest of the 80 years it's red hood uh jason todd dick grayson as nightwing they weren't one-off characters or kind of short run characters this is like they're still super important (laughs) super but you know important
0: well, like you say, I mean, Jason Todd, I mean, at first was quite popular in his original incarnation. He was literally just a, a red headed clone of the Grayson. He was another circus brat and um, another trapeze artist who donned the mantle. But then after the Crisis, he wrote his continuity and he was a street urchin trying to steal the tires off the Batmobile, which I thought was just fantastic. Um, yes because he was a new character he was slightly darker yeah that's how he's introduced that was it was brilliant people hated him so much so that the first and last ever comic book phone vote led to his demise at the hands of the joker but it was a close vote they ended up bringing him back and red hood was born so so many different aspects i mean they could have gone the safe Like right. when he was first created he was literally just another circus kid and people loved him because he was more or less a dick grayson clone with with hair and they dyed his hair so he could take over as robin but i thought the new version was was much more interesting funnier and then when he took that dark turn a complete contrast to dick but then you got the third robin uh tim drake who I will say, honestly, as Robin is probably still my favourite, because for me, Dick Grayson is his own man now. He's Nightwing. Jason Todd, like you say, is Red Hood. But Tim Drake has now again got his own identity as Drake. Um. So, yeah. So many. Yeah. Brilliant. And so did you have Robins. a favourite? So I, many Robins.
1: I mean, I, I still have to go with Dick Grayson just out of... He's the one who, to me, the most I, I wouldn't say symbolizes Robin, but no matter what, even as he's, you know, headed the Teen Titans and turned into Nightwing, uh, there's just something about him. He always looks back at Batman and whether it's with contempt or a uh, father-son bond, whatever it is, there's always that connection of like, yeah, I was, the, I was the first one there. I was the first one to really see how the bat worked besides Alfred, essentially. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I love Dick Grayson. He deserved a bigger stocking in the DC Universe Yule Log, I will say that.
0: Without, but... <laughs> a shadow, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, Dick Grace, obviously Nightwing is up there with Batman, for me, is one of my favourite characters of all time. And like I said, he's got that whole personality. I mean, did you ever read Grant um, Morrison's run where Bruce was presumed dead and Dick took over as Batman with, with Damian and his Robin? And that whole turning the relationship on its side rather than have a dark brooding batman and a laughing punning sidekick robin we had a showman batman who'd flourish in with his cape and whack the bad guys out with quips and have a dark brooding robin and that whole thing was just brilliant so dick grayson whether he's robin whether he's Nightwing, whether he's batman whether he's grayson the agent of spiral one of the greatest comic book characters and arguably And a lot of people have had this conversation with me. Do you agree that Dick Grayson might be the center of the DC universe more so even than Superman or Batman because of his ties with everybody?
1: In a sense. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about even just the romantic ties, but if we look at all of his connections, this man has literally had his hands on every part of the DC universe.
0: Yeah. And many other parts, but we're not going to go down that road. Um, But did you know, again, that a lot of people think that he called himself Nightwing as a tribute to Batman, when really he's named after the legendary mythological heroes of Krypton, Nightwing and Flamebird, which were like a Batman and Robin of that world because of that affinity, that relationship he's got with his Uncle Clark. Did you know about that side of the Nightwing persona?
1: I did not. Jeez. See, you really are an encyclopedia.
0: <laughs> Call me Geekipedia. Yeah, Nightwing's actually uh, a heroic um Character from Kryptonian myth. So he actually took that name every bit as much as a tribute to Superman as as a tribute to Batman. So there you go, and uh, that's an actual fact, folks. If you don't believe me, look it up. So, <laughs> what about the covers? Um, can you pick a favorite from the seven we've seen so far?
1: I really like um, the one that looks like uh, Adam West. But that that version to me is just adorable. And I think it just ties back into the, everything about the Adam West Batman show. And it's, it's just heartwarming and it's so cute. And that Robin looks like he couldn't hurt a fly, but I'm rooting for him.
0: Absolutely. What a, what a, what a history. What a great character, even though there's been many faces under the mask. um, One I'm definitely, definitely going to be picking up without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. And to end, we've talked about movies, TV, streaming, and comics. We've got a couple of other news this week. (laughs) And the first is from Sideshow. Um, The villain of the hour after the Joker is, without a doubt, the Batman stroke Joker that is the Batman who laughs. And Sideshow got a couple of amazing pieces coming out, the Batman who laughs statue and the Batman Who Laughs versus Batman piece with a couple of zombie Robins thrown in for good measure. Um, terrifying, but awesome. Why did you make of these incredible pieces?
1: My cats are going to hate them. <laughs> that, was, that was my initial You're buying it? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I, I really want the Batman Who Laughs. And it, it's funny, but in the past, Maybe two months, my boyfriend and I have gotten into collecting the action figures and figures, which we never did before, and now it's a thing. And I've been slowly filling up my cart on Amazon and every other shopping service I have. So the second these are out, I'm most likely going to get them. And I don't know what it is, but my my cats do not like superhero figures. They cry at them. They try to attack them, and I, I can just See that this one's going to go over like a lead balloon, but I'm very excited about it.
0: <laughs> Action figures? Don't you mean chew toys?
1: <laughs> Not if you put them up high enough. They have yet cool, to
0: figure Sharpening implements <laughs> is what you actually should call
1: We um, figured out you put them at the top of the staircase, there's a little post, and that's the one place they can't get to yet. So that, that yeah.
0: is where it can go. <laughs> I work with my cat because she gave me a heart attack two days ago when I was in my office and we we're getting a couple of cases ready because my wife's taking away me away for my 50th in a couple of months. And so we're starting to get the cases out and clothes ready. And I had a case on top of another case. And she managed to climb up and knock the cases down. And one of them was full of stuff, and I thought it had landed on her. And then I could not find her at all. I was losing my mind searching for this cat. What I hadn't realized was she hadn't just climbed up to the case. She'd climbed into the case. (laughs) While I was looking for her, she was quite happily just in there licking herself and starting to fall asleep when I discovered her. And she looked up at me and said, like, what, 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 Were you only?" (laughs) what? So um, your toys, (laughs) believe me height is nothing
1: they'll get they're still little they're only four months so sooner or later they're gonna because every day they get up onto something new so i'm waiting for it (laughs) but
0: do you have long drapes in your place
1: luckily no although they have destroyed and i've yet to tell my landlord but they've destroyed most of the blinds they really like sticking their heads through them and then panicking that their heads are stuck through them (laughs)
0: Don't get long drapes because one day you will find that you have a Peter Parker spider cat running up. In the <laughs> house. Trust I've, me. I've this.
1: seen climb up the coat rack like that. If you have a hanging coat or a robe somewhere, they, they manage to get to the top. It's fascinating. And then they don't know what to do once they get up there. Then they cry.
0: <laughs> Hoodies with little dangly ropes are also dangerous because then the cat might decide to climb up you. To get up the little dangly ropes. Again, learn that from experience. Don't wear hoodies in the (laughs)
1: house. You should write a a cat catslopedia, an encyclopedia of cats, too, because these are lessons I'm Hmm. probably going to end up learning the hard way.
0: (laughs) Interesting. That and an encyclopedia of a lesser known DC folklore. Good call. I think I might do that. But they say we're, we're going to be talking about Batman Who Laughs and here we are talking about cats. Selena, get your people out of our hearts and
1: minds. <laughs> it, it all started with her. Her and the fact it, that my cats are not only fans of the show, but specifically fans of Steve's voice. Found that out <laughs> <way>. <laughs> they will not pay attention to my cell phone but your voice came out and they went huh and and batted at it and just kept listening it's, it was amazing
0: oh, <laughs> i want to hug them night and moon I love you. as i said this episode is partly dedicated to you guys fantastic <laughs> so moving on from laughing Batman and cat creatures one final story, and this one's dedicated to resident video game expert, Mr. Brad Falicki. Finally, uh, the makers of the Arkham games have revealed the Batman Earth 2 skin for their game, which will give a new lease of life to the games i guess and obviously it's a fantastic design i do love this uh, new 52 design of uh, the batman of earth 2 with the black and red because i always think that combination of colors is a winner which is why i like it on the thomas wayne batman as well but obviously i know that you again aren't a a huge video game person but do you think this is a cool design and uh, will it bring fans back into playing the game again
1: oh absolutely it it looks great and I mean, it, and if you're anything like me, I have several copies of Kingdom Come because they keep giving it nice new covers. So I, I have to assume it's the same way with video game skins, that you give it a nice new cover and uh, someone's going to buy it again. So yes, absolutely. It looks fantastic. And i if I played video games, which I assume someday I'll get there, I would absolutely get it.
0: I just think that, with a video game like that, which is so kinetic and so full of movement and naturalistic movement and the fighting, that whole black and red combo would look fantastic when he's fighting these gangs of villains and when he's swinging from the rooftops and stuff. It will look brilliant and I really can't wait to uh, till I speak to Brad to get his take on it because obviously he'll have so much more insight and it's, it's such a shame that he and Seth couldn't join us tonight but I can just imagine Brad's excitement it's really infectious isn't he when he talks about the games like that
1: yes yeah that's it's it is a contributing factor to why I'm like I'm gonna have to start playing games soon I know it. it it wasn't in my budget but I know it's coming <laughs>
0: You're literally surrounded by bad influences. Me making you read stuff that you'd probably never imagined you'd ever read (laughs) in a thousand lifetimes. Seth with his powers of hope and Brad with his fashion and his uh, love of video games. It's just like we are the three worst influences in history, but also great influences if we really think about it.
1: Whenever I'm trying to pick out a pair of pants, I channel my inner Brad. (laughs) It's a nice pair of jeans.
0: (laughs) Nice pair of jeans. <laughs> that poor man will never ever live that joke down will he brad we salute you my friend.
1: we all have uh, our individual glories i got my purse book steve or seth's got his hope you've got your encyclopedia brad's got uh, his pants I mean,
0: what a team with the awesome <laughs> awesome lives or the awful foursome. It depends which way you look at it, really. So comic book stores that only order three copies of Wonder Woman 750, I'm definitely awful, but hey, damn you. Sure. I must stand up for what is right in this world, saving the world one comic book at a time.
1: Exactly. With pure knowledge, which is the best way to do it.
0: That's the best way. I mean, y- you defeat your enemies with success. That's the best way to survive in this strange world we live in absolutely (laughs) and on that note where can the people who live on this strange world with us find you and your works my friend
1: you can find me on dc comics news doing editorial and opinion pieces and i have a twitter that is Gaines Wright k-e-l-g-a-i-n-e-s-w-r-i-t-e and that that is where you can find me
0: And anyone who hasn't read Kelly's editorials, listen, do yourself a favour. If you want to read stuff that's sharp, insightful, knowledgeable, and full of personality uh, and love for these characters, get onto DC Comics News, um, hit the link, wherever you see any of Kelly Gaines' pieces and read them all. Um, There's some great stuff on there. Do yourself a favour. That's where you want to go. As for myself, again, most of my damage is done across Dark Knight News, our sister site, where I'm editor-in-chief, and I review a ton of stuff. But I also review and interview actors, comic book creators, and everything else in between on both sites. The easiest way to get links to both of them is just to do a search for Steve J. Ray in the search engine of your choice. And again, on Twitter, you can find me at Lstevo, E-L underscore S-T-T. E-E-V-O. As for this podcast and the other two shows on our network, The Spinner Rack, where Seth gives us dc's five top books that week rates and reviews them and of course the show i do usually with my son adam but we are going to get some other guests on soon where we review every single episode of batman the animated series that's called i am the knight all three shows you can get them on apple podcasts google stitcher and spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts but please do comment Uh, Let us know what you think of the shows, rate us, review us, give us five stars, give us a thousand stars, um, as many stars as you think we deserve. And then also let us know where you think we could improve and add things to the shows. DC Comics News and Dark Knight News are found wherever there is social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and YouTube at DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E. -E 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 W S. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Kelly, what does everyone out there really need to do? Read. More?
1: Comics.
0: Yes, indeed. And listen, we've already told you about a ton of great ones that are coming out this year. Go out, buy them, support your local comic book store, especially if they order more than three copies of Wonder Woman 750.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: That has been the DC Comics News podcast, episode 56, and we'll see you next week. Take care all.